This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox. I'd like to welcome you to the summer series of Popcorn and Compliance. Yes, Tom and Jay Rosen are back to look at the season three of The Mandalorian. All the things you would expect from Tom and Jay in a popcorn and compliance episode are with us in this series. Each episode, we'll look at the storyline. Tom and Jay will discuss some of the highlights for them. I know you'll enjoy this special season of Popcorn and Compliance, The Mandalorian. If you're a fan of Star Wars or The Mandalorian, Jay and I would love to hear from you on your thoughts on this special podcast series. In this second episode, we take up The Minds of Mandalore. I hope if you enjoy this podcast, you will subscribe, rate, and review wherever great podcasts are listened to. This episode begins with the Mandalorian and Grogu heading to Tatooine to reunite with Pelimoto, whom the Mandalorian hopes will have a memory core that he can use to revive IG-11. She does not have one, but offers to sell him an R5-D4 instead. In other words, a droid. The Mandalorian reluctantly agrees, and the Mandalorian and Grogu then head off to Mandalore. The Mandalorian sends the droid R5-D4 to scan the planet. When the droid does not return, the Mandalorian heads into a cave to find him. There he is attacked by several Alamites, whom he kills with the Darksaber. After running several tests, the Mandalorian discovers that the Mandalore's air is breathable, and he heads back out with Grogu. They head below the city of Sundari in search of the mines of Mandalore. There he finds an old Mandalorian helmet, which is a trap set up by a cyborg creature. One huge eye and very spider-like. The creature captures the Mandalorian and imprisons him. Before the Mandalorian becomes incapacitated, he sends Grogu off to find Bo-Katan and asks her to come to Mandalore to save him. Bo-Katan is impressed to see the Mandalore's ship outside her castle, but once she sees Grogu alone, she understands the danger the Mandalore is in and agrees to help save him. Bo-Katan and Grogu make their way below the city and find the Mandalorian still trapped by the Sigor creature who is extracting his blood. After killing the creature using the Darksaber, Bo-Katan saves the Mandalorian and offers to keep him safe before heading back to Kalabala. The Mandalorian refuses and insists that he bathe in the living waters so he can be redeemed. Still indifferent to him following the old ways, Bo-Katan agrees to take him to the mines. The Mandalorian bathes himself in the waters, reciting the Creed's words. He suddenly sinks to the bottom and Bo-Katan dives in to save him. 
She manages to rescue him and bring him to the surface alive, and she sees a mythosaur on her way up, realizing the stories she was told as a child are true. So, Jay, I don't want to bring climate change into the discussion of on a planet far away a long time ago, but the mines of Mandalore, we had either an ecological or a military disaster to start. And what were your thoughts on this episode? Again, we talked earlier about the quest, and this is the quest, this is the way that Din Jardin is going. He's been dissuaded from going by Bo-Katan because she believes that the waters and the mines of Mandalore are poisoned. And the Mandalorian does not want to buy into her vision. And he wants to have his vision quest and go on his journey. And first, what he needs to do is he needs to find a robot. So he needs somebody who can be his deputy, get out in front of him, and check the atmosphere and make sure it's okay. And in order to do that, the first part of the journey is on, is it Tatooine that he's gone? Or where does he go first? Tatooine. Yeah, so a call back to the first Star Wars, or episode four for you new people. That's right. So anytime you go to Tatooine, it's going to be very cool. And it is very cool as the person who runs the repair shop is a fabulous character in this series. And she's been in, in really all seasons. Her name is, I think... Amy Sedaris. Amy Sedaris is the actress. But I think her name oh. is Ellie Moto, I think. Yeah. And Amy Sedaris, I think, is a comedian. Yep. By professional trade. And it never ceases to amaze me how well comedians can go into completely different roles. So, obviously, the guy in Ted Lasso is the latest best example. But my favorite was the girl who was the daughter of... Oh, yeah, from The Office, right? No, actually, from 24. So, Jack's daughter, okay. uh, who was the secretary who had the baby, she was actually a comedian. And the, the red-headed Secret Service agent who protected the wife of the president, he was a folk singer. And completely different outside their areas. But Amy Sedaris was, is just great in this role. And with timing, obviously these are lines written for her, but it just is comedic brilliance. And, and she loves Grogu. And so that, that is very cool as well. But they, of course, are running a scam on some locals. And they use that scam to help Darjean get the, gets the parts he needs. And you highlighted this at the end of the last episode around the IG series, Robots, and the memory circuit. So you want to pick it up from there? Yeah, basically, when they left the last place, the IG-11 was decommissioned. And was that where they saw just his head lying at a bar, or was that later on? No, it was this one. It came okay. from a prior season, but that's where it started. 
that point, we've talked about that we need basically a droid or we need some type of non-human entity to join Dinjarin to go to find the waters and the atmosphere below Mandalore. So at this point, they put the IG unit back together, but the IG unit malfunctions playing on some of its evil doings, and they need to decommission the IG-11, and then we're going to come see him later on in the, in the episodes. So the uh, Amy Sedaris' character, Ellie Moto, and her team of Jawas and repair droids are able to get everything together for Darjin. He goes off. He tries to enlist Bo-Katan to get him or to go with him to Mandalore. She declines. He heads to Mandalore. The atmosphere, the droid they've got, I really didn't understand this whole part because they made such a big deal out of getting this droid who could test the atmosphere, and I call it, I think, an atmospheric droid. And then the atmosphere was fine. I didn't quite understand that, and that's what made me think maybe this is some reference to an ecological disaster, although it was nuclear fusion that destroyed the planet. He goes down into the city, and he is attacked by a very nefarious character, which I think is half-robot with some organic material, which may just be an eye. But anyway, it's a big spider, and he's going to roast him or have a little barbecue. And before he gets to the point where he can't communicate, Darjin communicates to Grogu. He needs to go back, Grogu, to the plane and fly back and get some help, which Grogu does, and he flies to Bo-Katan who immediately sees, when she sees Grogu without Darjin, understands the severity of the situation and literally comes to his rescue. So anything in all of that that either made sense or you thought was extraneous? I had a feeling that it was not going to be an easy visit to Mandalore or the mines of Mandalore. So I think either just before the monster attacks or when Din Djarin sends him on his way, but he tells Grogu that you're going to have to be really brave. So there's like a clue that it's like the co-pilot on, a, on an airplane that they're not going to make it out of the scene. So I think it was a tell a little bit that Grogu had to go find Bo-Katan. And I guess if you wanted to write a cleaner version, you could have had the Mandalorian try harder to get Bo-Katan to go. And then at that point, they'd both be there. I understand your confusion, Tom. It seems like they had a couple of extra steps that were needed. But I think these, as we see Grogu mature in these next seven episodes, we're going to see that he's not only brave, but he's got the heart of a Mandalorian. And what he did was saved in Jarjan's life. Now, this in this episode, we have just a few lines about the Jedi and the Force. But at one point, Bo-Katan tells, I think, Grogu that she has known some Jedi, and the at one point, the Jedi and Mandalorians got along. That would indicate that they don't get along now. Of course, we know from season one where Luke appeared and wanted to take Grogu away for training because, of course, he's the baby Yoda and train him as a Jedi, Is can you think back to any prior 
referenced of Mandalorians and Jedi really getting along or fighting together? Because I couldn't. No, I, I don't know. It's clear that there is some animus there, but I don't know where it comes from. At any rate, Bo-Katan is, she gets to Mandalore. She rescues Darjin, and they are able to reach the waters, the healing waters. And Darjin, either, I think he jumps in, he doesn't dive in, he drops in, and he somehow either passes out or knocks his head, but Bo-Katan has to jump in and save him. And they make it up to the something uh, back important to the surface. Now. I have to say, this is the part that confused me a little bit. Although they're in the living waters, so he's now completed that portion of his quest. But I thought something was going to happen while they were in the water. And as I recall, nothing really did. Well, but Bo-Katan sees something, right? She sees the mythosaur. Okay, so what's the reference to that? Have we seen a mythosaur before? We have not seen a mythosaur, but it the mythosaurs, as the name would suggest, are steeped in the streams of myths of Mandalore. And when the mythosaur was tamed by Mandalore the Great was when the Mandalorians really thrived and strived as a people. The, about the best I could say is she sees this character. He does awaken, but there's no battle and there's no fight. And the mythosaur sy- symbolizes something. But if I seem confused, it's because I was and still am. Did you have clarity in this scene? No, I share your confusion. But I understand from a plot perspective where we're going with the mythosaur. Sometimes right. sometimes they're there because they need to be there. All right. We've been in the living waters. He has now reestablished himself as a Mandalorian, although he has not been formally brought back into the Brotherhood, but he will be. We have the scene where Bo-Katan really steps up. This turned out, in my mind, Jay, to be as important for her because of what her won the rescue flight to recognizing the importance or significance of Grogu. And then three, her experience with the mythosaur, I think cements her as a, the leader for Mandalore going forward. Although she will have her own set of challenges that she'll have to go and work through. But I know I said this in the first episode and I'm going to say it again, the destruction of the planet I thought was as big a storyline in this episode. Now, it wasn't climatic, climate disaster, but it was climate disaster brought on by nuclear war. I really thought the ecological message was very strong in this one as well. Any final thoughts on this one? Episode two, The Minds of Mandalore, Jay? I think we we did what we needed to do at The Minds. And for, for The Mandalorian Part 3, it's Jay Rosen and... Tom Fox, and I hope you'll join us again for our next episode where we take a look at The Convert. This is Tom Fox. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of Popcorn and Compliance, where in this special season we're looking at The Mandalorian Season 3. Popcorn and Compliance is a production of the Compliance Podcast Network. If you've enjoyed this podcast, I hope you'll subscribe, rate, and review this podcast wherever 
great podcast or listen to. If Jay and I would love to hear from you, if you have any comments, questions, or information you would like to share with us about your feelings, views on The Mandalorian Season 3. Thanks again for listening, and we hope that you will join us again for our next episode of Popcorn and Compliance, The Mandalorian Season 3. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.